everyone. My name is Arti, and this is the Mahabharata. Episode 56, Nell and Damienti, also available online at www.themahabharatapodcast.com or facebook.com forward slash the Mahabharata podcast. In our last episode, we saw Arjuna head to the heavens in a trip through space. Our text sends him in an armored chariot, but we put him in a starship, fearing it might get breezy. On the way, he gets a tantalizing peek into other worlds, the realms of the ancestors, the realms of Gandharvas and Apsaras, the realms of perfected sages and of famous kings of yore. Alexander, JFK, Shakespeare, they didn't just disappear into the mist post-demise, we deduce. They're living their best lives in their best forms on other planets. Excited to have this privileged knowledge, Arjuna arrives in heaven to be wined and dined by the gods. He trains in the use of cool new weapons. Equally importantly, he learns how to dance, and we left him doing pas de berets for the upcoming performance of Giselle. Back at the ranch, Yudhishthira sighs to Rishi Brihadashva about a spectacular streak of ill luck. How jinxed do you have to be to lose every single bet? But the great stallion scoffs at that. That's not unlucky. I'll tell you about someone truly unlucky. And as the night wears long and the fire crackles, he launches into the story of Nell and Damienti. Notwithstanding the inauspicious prologue, the story of Nellienti has been going quite well. There are a total 10 on the matrimonial compatibility scale. Same socioeconomic strata, equally matched in looks, stars, moons and planets, all in alignment. Both love animals. Seeing his daughter lovelorn, Damienti's father arranges a groom choice for her, inviting eligible mates from all over. It's a perfect setup. Nell will be among the participants. Damianti will choose him. All will live happily ever after. But we've attended enough groom choices to know things rarely go as planned. Remember Amba, Ambika, Ambalika? Kidnapped on their wedding day? And Draupadi's almost launched a war? Damianti's also has a tiny glitch. The gods have decided to crash the groom choice. Now, I know what you're thinking. Aren't the gods already married? And supposing they're bored with their current cohort of wives and are looking to shake things up a bit on the conjugal front. Aren't there goddesses around and an apsara or two who might be better suited to the purpose? And what do their misses have to say about this Damianti escapade? But let's not quibble about details. The gods like to have fun, and pretty human girls would seem to be low-hanging fruit. They road trip down to Earth. En route, presumably refueling at a petrol station, they run into a hero null, 
and I am impressed with his dashing good looks. They strike up a conversation and like him well enough to ask a favour. Hey, listen, you seem like a good sort. We're looking for someone to carry a message for us. Think you could help us out? Of course, responds the virtuous Null. How can I assist? The gods explain their purpose. We're headed to this girl Damyanti's groom choice. I'm Indra, chief of the gods. This here's Agni. This one here's the lord of the waters, Varuna. And this last is Yama, lord of death. Nell looks sceptical. No, seriously, Yama, show him. Nell gets a split-second flash of Yama's grim rebel form and jumps back in alarm. No need to fear. We're not going to hurt you. We're here in love, you see, for the sake of Damianti. Each of us is vying for her hand in marriage. All we need from you is to let her know. Go to her, tell her the world guardians themselves are here to woo her. She should choose one of us as her husband. A small explosion goes off in poor Nella's head. He's prepared to compete with a hall full of princes, but the gods? They kind of have an unfair advantage. Afraid to speak, and yet compelled by the intensity of his love, he folds his hands humbly before the gods. You must excuse me, I'm not the right man for this mission. Truth is, I myself love Princess Damianti, and I'm headed there for the same purpose, to win her as my bride. Brave words, and the gods are surprised. But they're also unforgiving. You literally just said you'll help us. Now you want to go back on it? You will do as we command. Go now, at once. Relay our message just as we've given it to you. Nella tries a different tack, but it's not even possible to get near the princess. There are guards everywhere. The gods grin. Don't worry about that. And what started out as a glorious day in Prince Nella's world has suddenly turned murky. Miserably, poor Nell heads to his beloved to persuade her to marry someone else. Nell finds Damienti in the garden on a swing, singing sweetly to herself in the moonlight. The gates to the grounds are magically open and all the guards are asleep. The heavenly scent of lilacs lingers in the air. It's the first time Nell's seen her in person and she's even more perfect than he'd imagined. His heart is ready to break in distress. She spies him and stands, instinctively knowing who he is. Who are you and how did you get in? There are guards everywhere. My dad'll kill you if he sees you. Even her voice is musical, like a nightingale's. I'm Nell, he chokes out in anguish. I'm here as an envoy of the gods. They've sent me with a message for you. It's they who... He gestures to the snoring gods. Ah. They gaze at each other giddily, but he recollects himself. Here. He hands her their business cards. The gods Indra, Agni, Varuna and Yama plan to attend your group choice. They want you to marry one of them. Damianti looks at the cards. Fire, water, death, she reads incredulously. Right. Each of them says he's in love with you. They've asked me to convey the message. 
the minty sets the cards on a bench. And you? What about you? He's torn with emotion. I love you, of course. I was headed here for the same purpose. But I ran into the gods on the way, and they corralled me into this errand. But you say you love me. Yes, but what does that matter now? They're literally the guardians of the world. What am I compared to them? I'm just a lowly mortal. Who can compete with a god? Damyanti speaks firmly. I'm yours, all my belongings are yours. It's for you that I had daddy arrange this groom choice. I will not marry another man. I'd rather die than marry another man. Nell is both gratified and flummoxed. Did you miss the part about their gods? Fire, flood, death? If I upset them, I'll just meet with an unhappy accident. He tries to reason with her. I'm just a man, not worthy of your devotions. You should turn your mind to them. But Damianti stubborn. My mind does not turn. As the gods snore, they pace the garden and she thinks, Okay, here's what we'll do. You will all come to my groom choice, you as well as they. My life, my choice, I'll pick you. You've done your part faithfully, you've conveyed their message and I've heard it. Beyond that, they can't blame you, it's my choice. He's doubtful, but she's adamant. Even uncertain of the future, Nell leaves a little comforted. Back at the diner where he left them, the gods are sitting in a booth enjoying burgers and shakes. They sit up when he enters. So, how did it go? What did she say? Nell pulls up a chair. Look, I tried. I told her everything you said to me and even encouraged her to pick one of you. I explained how advantageous such a match would be for her. But it seems she has a heart set on me. I tried to dissuade her, but she told me to invite all of you to the groom choice, but full disclosure, she plans to pick me. The gods glance at each other. You, huh? They slope on their milkshakes and look him over. Then they dismiss him. You're a good lad, you've done your bit. Go in peace, you've nothing to fear from us. Hardly believing his luck, Nell jumps back into his Aldi in relief and hits the highway before they change their minds. The day of the Mianti's groom choice arrives. The excitement in Vidarbha is palpable. The designers drawn inspiration from the men's couture shows of Paris Fashion Week. The most eligible men from far and wide will walk the catwalk, strutting down the runway. All the puff and cream of society is there, bejeweled and healed. The media is going mad as the MC announces each man's credentials. But the Mienti, Seated front and centre, stunning in Valentino, his eyes and ears only for one man. Null of Nishad country, intones the MC. She sits up. Null appears, looking handsome in charcoal Galliano suit with stylish red plaid waistcoat. He works the runway and gives her a wink. She smiles. Null of Nishad country, announces the MC again. And to everyone's astonishment, another Nell appears, this time in Givenchy. Nell of Nishad country. 
and a third null appears, this time in Raph Simons. What's going on? Damianti whispers to Anna Vintour, seated beside her with her clipboard. How can there be three identical nulls? But the MC is announcing a fourth and then a fifth. Pandemonium breaks out. Silence, demands the king. Silence. He insists all the nulls appear at once. What's happening here? Who are you people? But all five nulls profess to be the real thing. They're completely identical. Is he one of pentuplets? The king quizzes Damianti. But Damianti's understood what's going on. She approaches the five, hands folded humbly. Thank you for the honour, but my heart is set on null. If it's true that I've loved him from the moment the swan mentioned him, by that truth, the gods must point him out to me. If it's true that I've never strayed from him in word or thought, by that truth, the gods must point him out to me. If it's true that we're in every measure divinely matched, by that truth, the gods must point him out to me. The gods must display their own forms so I may recognize my true love. There's complete silence in the hall as everyone waits, breath suspended in amazement. Seeing the sincerity of her love, the purity of her heart, her bold spirit, her passion, the gods yield. In a moment, she sees four men, unblinking, without a microbe of dust or sweat on their persons, hovering an almost imperceptible inch off the ground. Only one null stands, feet firmly on the earth, a little dusty and imperfect, blinking like a human. She ascends the runway and places a garland around his neck. Celebrations break out and music. The newlyweds seek the gods' blessings. Good job, you two. You're a worthy pair. They shower the couple with presents. They'll have privileged access to the gods and brilliant twin children. And among other things, Nell will be the only king in the world to become an iron chef. The party continues into the wee hours, and in the morning the gods leave, bleary-eyed but tickled. That was fun. We should totally do it again. Did you see their faces when they saw five nulls? Priceless. They're almost at the car when they hear the screech of tires, and a Veneno roadster pulls into the lot at high speed. Two men jump out the Lamborghini. Hey, it's Dwapar and Kali. They stop to chat with the two Asuras, snazzily dressed in black tie and coattails. Where are you off to, man? Looking pretty sharp. Kali's the Lord of Distress, but currently he's on a mission of love. We're headed to Damianti's groom choice, no time to waste. She's to pick her mate today, and I'm determined it's going to be me. The gods all burst out laughing. That was yesterday, man. It's all over. She's already picked her mate. It's a man, Prince Null of somewhere or the other. Kali's stupefied. What do you mean? How do you know? They explain. We were there, buddy. We went for the same thing. But she picked Null right in front of us. Now Kali's perplexed and confounded. She picked a man over a god? 
What kind of woman does that? Such chutzpah deserves to be punished. The gods hastily talk him down. No, it's okay. She actually very sweetly appealed to us and we gave our blessing. She's a good girl and they make a perfect couple. It's not what Kalik wants to hear and he's angry and disappointed. He decides to curse Nal. Oh, come on, be a sport. He's a good guy. He's got all the virtues, truthfulness, endurance, liberality, austerity, cleanliness, self-control, serenity. Only a total jerk would begrudge the dude some happiness. But Kali is jealous and angry and shoes the gods off. Shaking their heads, they get into their car and zip off to heaven. Kali turns to his buddy Dwapar. You gotta help me, man. This is a terrible insult. I want revenge. If I can't have her, nobody can. I'm going to destroy this upstart, this Prince Null from wherever the hell. I'm going to possess his body and drive him stark bananas raving mad. I'm going to reduce him to a snivelling puddle of himself. They strategize and do some recon. Learning Null likes to gamble, they decide that should be his downfall. I want you to enter into the dice and make him lose, okay? Kali tells Dwapar. They hatch a plan and wait for the opportunity to mobilize. Now a word about Kali and Dwapar. Kali, not to be confused with Kali, the great goddess of Hindu tradition. Who are they and what do we know? Well, the word Kali literally means discord or strife. So that can't be good. On top of that, he's an Asura, which seems like trouble. But Kali and Dwapar are also the names of different throws of dice. And gambling seems like trouble. And Kali and Dwapar are also the names of different world ages, where Dwapar is the world headed toward hell and Kali's the world's toppling over, pretty well in hell. Hmm, wonder what the Mahabharata is trying to tell us. It seems we're getting a little tap on the shoulder to tell us the tugboat of our hero Nella's life is about to head south into shark-infested waters. Kali and Dwapar lurk in the shadows, awaiting an opportunity to attack. Now here's a helpful tip. The gods can't touch you if you're doing things right. If you're living perfectly in mental and physical purity, it's like a protective armor gods and demons can't breathe. But make one tiny mistake and watch out. Remember poor Ani Mandavya lived an exemplary life but got impaled on a stake because of one tiny childhood blunder? For 12 years, Nell does pretty well. He and the Mianti marry, he becomes a king, they have their twins, and all is going beautifully. Then one day, after using the facilities, he remembers to wash his hands, but forgets to wash his feet. And bam! Bad hygiene will get you every time. In a snap, Kali enters Nala's body, and his life spirals into an abyss. Nella suddenly develops a disastrous gambling addiction. 
The more he loses, the more he plays until he's liquidated his entire investment portfolio. He's lost the summer home in the Alps, the winter home in the Bahamas. He neglects his official duties. His people complain. He's like a crazed man. With some prescience, Damianti summons his driver. The king is sick, she tells him. Take our special horses and leave my children with my parents. Let my dad know what's happening here. And she pauses. This is awkward, but as you know, the treasury's depleted and we can't afford to keep you. Nella's poised to lose the kingdom. In our next episode, let's see how they fare. Nal and Damianti are going to find themselves mightily tested. They'll wander the woods, no food, no shelter. And one day, Damianti will wake up alone. How that goes, let's find out next time, if you'll join me for another episode of the Mahabharata.